Dear Diary, Brene here. I know it's been so long since we last caught up, but it's just been so much going on. You know, a global pandemic, justice still not being served for Breonna Taylor and the many other black lives that are constantly being taken away from us. I'm tired, but I'm constantly searching for black joy in these times. Whether it's karaoke, whooping somebody's ass at Uno, consuming art, or even binging my favorite black sitcoms. I deserve it. I deserve peace. I deserve happiness. I deserve joy. P.S. I really hope that not only people are registered to vote, but they actually go out and do it on November 3rd, 2020. Like, please. I'm begging you. I am Takima. And I'm Brene. And you're listening to That's Not On Brand, the podcast. M to the O to the Oisha. <laughs> Can we put more into it? Okay. <laughs> I want you to say it from your belly. Oisha. Okay. I was really into it. Let me calm down. Okay. So in late July, Netflix had announced that they will be bringing back some of our favorite black sitcoms and they'll be putting it on their streaming platforms. And Moesha was one of them. And I remember all our black asses losing our shit. So I didn't believe it until I saw Tracy Ellis Ross repost it. And I was like, okay, she reposted that girlfriend's was going to be on the platform. Then I saw T and Tamara post. I was like, okay, sister, sister. Brandy confirmed that they will be coming to Netflix. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) How did you react to this marvelous black ass news? Girl, I was ecstatic because (laughs) if people do not know, I thought I was Brandy for four years straight. I really did. I wanted small braids. I used to walk like her. Um, I thought that I used to sing like her until I listened to my voice. (laughs) It was just like, nah, dog. You don't sound nothing like Brandy, but I was excited, <laughs> excited to share my love of Moesha with my daughter. And she's watched it, huh? Yeah, she watched it. She found the joy like I found the joy. She laughed the same time I laughed. Like she found the joy. I think that the, the culture is different. We're going to get into later. So she saw some problematic things, whereas I was her age watching it and didn't see nothing wrong with it. So before we get into basically everything that's wrong with Moesha. I first want to say rest in peace Bernie Mac, who played Uncle Bernie. Rest in peace Merlin Santana, who played Ohaji. Rest in peace Lamont Bentley, who played Hakeem. And rest in peace Yvette Wilson, who played Endale. That's a long, hearty list. That's a hearty list. Girl, and you know I think about Bernie Mac more than you ever know. I think about him more than you'll ever know. Like, would he accept what's going on with comedy nowadays? Bernie Mac always felt like a part of our family. And then also Merlin Santana. Like, I always wanted him to play Tupac in a biopic. Is it actually called a biopic or is it like a biopic or biopic? Biopic. Biopic. (laughs) That sounds like it makes more sense. Biopic. Really? I think we're thinking too much into this, but I don't know. Yeah, I always wanted him to play Tupac. I, I want to cry every time I think about, you know, some things yeah. that happen. But anyway, let's move on. Okay. Hey, Ohashi. So, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Had to say it. 
So when you touch bases back to California, we get in the car and this is when it had just premiered on Netflix, right? I still haven't watched, I haven't watched it on Netflix yet. Um, but we were in the car. You were like, yeah, Taylor's been watching Moesha. And we just literally was about to go on a full-blown rant. <laughs> yes. Of things that we observed as adults. And our other sister was just like, you guys should do a podcast on this instead. So mm-hmm. we shut the front door and here we are talking about our favorite Black nostalgia, Moesha. I first want us to talk about what we loved about Moesha and then we can get into, air quote, the problematic things with our favorite Black nostalgia sitcom. Got you. So representation matters, right? And I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that I was seeing someone who looked like me on television, which gave me more confidence throughout the day, throughout Mm -hmm. like that I can do things. You know, you saw Brandy and you'll say like, oh, she's a singer. I knew my voice wasn't it. So I'm like, mm, I can never do that. <laughs> so, but like to see like her, to see her play a young teenager who's going through the ins and outs in the everyday life of teenagehood or it felt, it felt good. Or to see their family dynamics. I'm like, oh, I, I mean, that may not be my family dynamics, but I do know people who live like that, you know? Yeah, Moesha was just like hella relatable. And the fact that she lived in the Crenshaw district, went to school in the Crenshaw district. Hawthorne is my home, but... Girl, I feel like I grew up every damn where. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but like the fact that Hawthorne was so close to Crenshaw and I remember at that time, my doctor office was right across to Lamert Park. I used to always like drive by it with my mom. I'll be in the back seat, And in my mind, I'm like redoing the intro to Moesha. She also seemed attainable. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And of course, yeah. we loved Brandy. But my favorite thing, and it's not just with Moesha, it was with a lot of like 90s and early 2000s TV shows. And it wasn't just Black sitcoms, because even Sabrina did this, was they gave us the hottest musical guest in such a creative way. Way, yes. And Girl. it was a big deal for us being that we never consistently had cable. So it's, it felt like we weren't <laughs> missing out. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, it was just such a time to be alive. The fact that Moesha was very much smart, a straight A student, she looked like us. Yeah, it was like a lot of things. But to go back on how she felt attainable, right? Like, mm-hmm. it made me want to become a straight A student. <laughs> I was like, I'm smart. I should, I should like try to be have straight A's. Oh, I loved her freedom. She had a sense of freedom that we did not have um, growing up, mm-hmm. like where she can go to the den and they won't be like, we'll be outside the whole time you're inside. You know what I mean? <laughs> Or yeah, she, Hakeem yeah. can walk her home or she can like go to Hakeem's house to ask for money that he owed her. That's a, I really want to get on that one. But you know what I mean? The fact that she can go to her friend's house. We never, we didn't have that same sense of freedom. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. I did not have that same sense of freedom. Yeah. I, I was just about to say, well, speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't have that same sense of freedom. And it, she always had the nicest clothes. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. Those are a few things that I loved about Hoisha. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of years ago, I start catching certain episodes on Fuse, right? Like I'll be minding my business and they'll have like a baby marathon. 
we'll go Moesha. After that, will be the Parkers. And then they'll have like a sister-sister episode on, right? So one day, I catch an episode and I'm like locked in. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen Moesha in so long. And I had to be probably like 23 or so. And I'm re-watching Moesha for the very first time, I guess as you can say. And I start noticing a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, Moesha is the type of person that I would have beat up. <laughs> like, yes. Moesha is terrible. She's like, yes. I, well, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like where you used to idolize her as like, not idolize her, I didn't idolize anyone, but just think that she was so cool. And as an adult, you're like, I will beat her ass. Moesha was a terrible friend, very judgmental, a know-it-all, self-centered, stubborn, nosy, never knew how to stay in her own lane, always in everybody's business, like she's a damn Gemini or something. Girl, I was going to say a Virgo. (laughs) Oh, Oh, (laughs) on the show, she said what, her birthday was January 30th or something like that, which means she's an Aquarius, but she very much give Virgo energy, but also a Gemini, like, I don't know if her rising would have been a Virgo since they want to claim that she's an Aquarius, even though Brandy is uh, an Aquarius in real life. But maybe her moon is Gemini, but never knew how to just not be in somebody's business. And every time she claimed to help someone, it always revolved around how it looked on her or like how it will benefit her. Girl, and she like made everything about her and... She does this thing where I literally cannot stand, which is public embarrassment. And that goes into the Hakeem borrowing money from her. Girl, okay. So if you don't know the episode that I'm speaking about, Hakeem asked for $20. She mm-hmm. asked to pay him back, pay her back like in three days or like that. He said, I'm going to pay her back, pay you back. He didn't do it. He started to like dodge her or whatever. Come to find out Hakeem's like, um, electric was out right because his mom couldn't pay the bill and she embarrassed him at the den and was like you didn't only ask money for me you asked money for kim not kim it was nisi i think it was nisi mm-hmm. yeah you asked money from nisi and i Dale. like she was just going in on, in front of everyone and as i'm watching it i'm like body slam her body slam her body slam her just oh my gosh and then come to find out like, I think he left, and then she went to her, his house to ask for the money. The thing is, if you borrow money from someone, or someone borrows money for you, just if you don't have it, you don't have it. Or if you're going to go the, that length to embarrass someone publicly to get the money back, don't give out the $20 in the first place. And we can say, oh, it's $20, oh, it's a show. Well, people do this in real life. And they do it, and they saw mm-hmm. it on TV and thought that that was acceptable. That's not acceptable. And then she went to his house and found out his electricity was cut off and said, why didn't you just tell me? Look how you reacted when I asked you for $20. <laughs> like, you're going <laughs> to yell it at the rooftop, like, Hakeem's poor. And then she's Mrs. trying to get Winslow. him. <laughs> I, Mrs. I Winslow. Mrs. Winslow. Or Sugar Mama. I never can like remember her real name or if she was like Mrs. Campbell. I don't know. But Mrs. Winslow, your son is poor. You're, you ain't shit. You got him working all these extra shifts. That was later in the season. Remember that? Yeah. When he lied. Oh my gosh. And Mrs. Winslow was like, Moisha, mind your business. Like, just please mind your business. You publicly embarrassed this man, and now you want to apologize in private? Yeah, you don't do that to people. And she used to always publicly um, fat shame um, Kim. And Kim wasn't even fat. 
And, you know, I think a reason I looked over that so much is when I was younger, because I do know family members who did it. I know who like fat shamed. And I do know family members who, um, who were shamed. You know what I mean? So I just thought it was like, you know, the rule of the land. That sounds so bad to say, but it was a part of our culture. When I say our culture, I mean our family culture. Because we participated in it. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just our family members. Like, we also participated in it. Yeah. With our, like, certain family members. But, yeah, she was hella fatphobic. Not just with Kim. Like, even when she went to college and she had that white roommate who actually don't like in real life. But, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) she had that roommate. And she said something along the lines like, oh, L.A. is a very shallow place. Something like that. Because I Mm -hmm. guess she had a crush on this guy. And she basically was just, like, projecting onto her. Basically, mm-hmm. he's not going to want you because you're fat. But she didn't just fat shame um, Kim when they did the cheerleading. They tried out for the cheerleading squad. She fat shamed her, remember, for Halloween when they had that three-way call. And she didn't know that Kim was still on the line. Her, Nisi and Kim were talking yes. about dressing as R&B divas. And mm-hmm. Kim was saying how she was going to dress up as Diana Ross. They all like, yeah, girl, guessing her up. Mm-hmm. Girl, she like, all right, then I'll call y'all back. And this is, I'm talking about Kim. But Kim never hung up. Nisi and Moesha ball-headed asses start fat shaming Kim. Like, dang, she really thinks she's about to be Diana Ross. Like, good luck with her trying to find the costume. Blase, blase, blah, right? Whole time, Kim is still on the line, girl being quiet as a mouse, seeing her best, well, listening to her best friends talk so much trash about her. Mm. And they're just like, Kiki, but I was that person. I was the Kim, and I was also the Nisi and the Moesha. That's why growing up watching this, it wasn't a shock factor because I was been playing Mrs. Telephone Man. I was been being a trash-ass friend. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I've I've listened in on some conversations when my so-called besties were fat shaming me, even though at that time I wasn't even fat. But I was like a Kim, you thicker than your counterpart. And I've mm-hmm. been the Nisi and the Brandy, where if I wasn't fat shaming them, I was talking about another one of their insecurities, you know? Yeah, I think we all have been there. I like when I started this company, I was like, I don't even have them. <laughs> I didn't have friends. No, but I thought I thought back like in um Okay, I thought back when this is like 2010 or so. This one lady that I worked with, she wanted to be Moesha. Like she wanted to be that character. And she's a grown ass woman. She was in her early 30s at this time. And I'm in my 20s. I'm just like, wait, what? Like, this is Mm -hmm. how you think life is. And she would do everything Moesha did. Did you hear what I said? She tried to act like a character on television. Like, and it's me, it was just like, are you shitting me? Like, are like, this is really how you live your life. But she will be like, you know, cause I'm the brandy in the group. And for me, I just didn't realize like how much the show influenced others. You know, like mm-hmm. we grew up with one thing and people outside of LA, cause I love the show too, because I was able to say, Hey, I know where that place is. I know where that place. I, I know people like this. I am this person. Cause I do think that I was a little bit brandy for a very long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, you know, for a very long time. And I think that's why I'm so passionate of just like, I can't stand that character, mm-hmm. but still to this day, she still act like that. I didn't know that it influenced that many people. <laughs> 
I was all the characters when I think about it. Besides Akeem, I was never that girl who's about to eat up your food. My, the way my pride is <laughs> yes. set up, I'm not even eating around you, girl. But Moesha was also classist. Yes. Yes. She was always like trying to stun on her friends, also calling them hoochie mamas and stuff. You remember the Africa episode when her bubble was burst? No, I don't remember that episode. Okay. So the Africa episode their school was planning a trip to Africa. Oh, her and her friends, they're all gassed about going to Africa because, you know, she she has money, you know? She's above her friends. But when you really think about it, it's like, girl, if you really had this much money, Moesha, the way you're trying to stunt on your friends, you would have been in private school, okay? Like, mm-hmm. before you even getting caught with Q in your bed, you would have been in private school, but you still yeah. want to your high. Shut up, Moesha. Anyway, they're all excited about going to Africa, but then she finds out that Hakeem doesn't have enough funds to go to Africa. So she, once again, put her finger in somebody else's business, and she was so pressed on him going to Africa, even though Hakeem was cool. Like, he was like, I'm good, I'm good, it's okay. She's like, no! So she puts on this charity event for people to donate to send Hakeem to Africa, right? What? I don't remember this. Yeah. Unbeknownst to her, her bald-headed ass daddy is dipping and dabbling in their um, college tuition money so he can buy this Saturn dealership, right? So she gets home. She's all excited. She's talking about Africa. And Mr. Mitchell straight up busts her bubble like, I'm sorry, baby girl. What do you call her? Pumpkin? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, Pumpkin. I won't be able to send you to Africa because, you know, I just bought this Saturn dealership and her bubble is burst. She doesn't tell her friends, you know, the way her pride is set up. She's embarrassed. So how it gets out that she's not able to go is Kim (laughs) comes to the house. She starts running her mouth. I don't know if she was talking to D or Mr. Mitchell, like either one of them basically told her like, oh, Moesha won't be able to go. So Kim goes and adds her to that list with Hakeem. She shows up to this event at the den, not knowing that she's a part of this list. So they raise enough money to send both of them to Africa. And once they mention Moesha's name, all of a sudden, like it was okay. Like it wasn't charity for Hakeem. She kept saying that to Hakeem. It's not charity. Let us take care of you. You deserve it. Blah, say, blah, say, blah. But once they mentioned her name, girl, red as a damn tomato, running in the back, <laughs> running into Andel's break room and feeling sorry for herself. <laughs> Don't want the money. I'm like, but it was okay for Hakeem to be charity. But mm-hmm. When it comes to you, it's like, you're too good for this. Girl, she ended up accepting it because, you know, it's a 30-minute episode and Hakeem <laughs> had to talk some sense into her. But I was like, yo ass. She needs to be body slammed. Girl. Like, that's overall. That she needs to be body slammed. Not really. <laughs> no, she does. Like, I feel like, I feel like she needs to be body slammed for so many ways. It was more, it's not like yeah. the high school. It's not the high school. It was more of the, the college. Like college Moesha, like you got you out of high school. You're going to college. I can let all that high school stuff be like, oh, whatever. But when you got into college and how she was still doing the same old shenanigans because she was not clocked when she was younger. Very entitled. Very entitled. Very entitled. And co- go back to what you were saying, calling people hoochie mamas. She was a hoochie mama. That's why she no, was called she wasn't. No, I she mean, she was wasn't not. a hoochie mama. No one was a hoochie mama. But the thing is that she was doing things that she would consider other people as hoochie mamas. Like, for instance, Kim wanted a boyfriend, right? And mm-hmm. she would always make it seem like she was fast. And that's another thing. They made it seem like over, like, 
Kim had booty, Kim had boobs, and just because she had she was developed, she was automatically fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. The way the writing was. And she made these little um these little comments towards Kim and she was kissing boys too. She was kissing whole Ohaji first episode. Moesha was very boy crazy. Yeah, but very that's boy it. crazy. Don't call someone a hoochie mama or whatever it is mm-hmm. because they're boy crazy. They didn't do anything. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They could have been boy crazy, but they didn't physically do any. Well, they kissed, but they didn't physically do anything. Some like at the early part of the seasons. I think she also had, and we'll get to this later in the episode. She learned from someone these things. Yeah. So if they're always saying how your friends are hoochies and this and that and planting seeds in their head that she's based, like, you know, very, being very classes as well, you're going to start thinking this way too. And her sense of entitlement and thinking that she's better than other people. She always counted Kim out just for being fat. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or being less than smart than her, even with like Nisi. She's that type of person where she never had friends around her that was basically on her same level. It was, mm-hmm. let me have this air quote fat friend so I can be the um, outstanding lead. Let me have this friend. Because Nisi, they used to body shame her. They used to talk about her being flat chested, talk about mm-hmm. her being skinny. But it's like she had to be the, let's say the Diana Ross of the group. But once again, it was very realistic because I've seen that in my walking life. Yeah. I felt like, felt entitled. So she counted people out and she got her bubble burst with the cheerleading episode. Because from the beginning, in her mind, she thought that Kim wasn't going to make this squad because she was fat. And I felt like she thought that she was better than Kim. She and, did. You know, that weak-ass Gab- cheer. <laughs> so Gabrielle <laughs> Union used to always give Kim shit as well. And instead of her being a friend, because that's one thing about me, you're not even about to get the chance. You get what I'm saying? Like, to talk shit about my friend in front of me, try to bully my friend in front of me, you're not even about to get the chance. Mm-hmm. I'm on your ass. Like, I'm on your head. And the fact she stood there and let Gabrielle Union go in on Kim and mm-hmm. and then she, in her mind, she's like, girl, I'm really about to get this just for her ass not to get it. And Kim got she, it. She till this day. Exactly. But till this day, I remember that chair when she got her bubble burst and she wanted to embarrass Kim at the den. And she said, yo, booty. Yeah, yeah, yo, yeah, booty. Yo, booty. on a diet. And you heard that in her voice. She been wanted to say that. But speaking, I keep talking about her being entitled. Let's talk about her first car. Because I might have an unpopular opinion when it comes to the first car. So you remember that episode? Girl, I remember the episode like it was yesterday. Um, Because I, so let's do a backstory of the episode. She wanted a Jeep. She wanted mm-hmm. a Jeep really bad, and her dad wanted to give her Saturn. Saturns were very unpopular unpo- at the time. I don't know about how they are now, but at the time, they were very unpopular. She wanted a Jeep. She kind of like, she refused the Jeep. That's what, I mean, no, she refused the Saturn from him and bought her own Jeep, right? She didn't just do that. She was very disrespectful and also in front of Hakeem, who didn't even have a car, he yeah. was bumming rides off of her and also they were like catching the bus together so it's not like she did it in a way where she's like oh dad thanks so much but the, like she was literally she looked disgusted and she did she, it in front of her friend who didn't have anything basically thank you for saying that I didn't realize that they painted Hakeem out to have nothing yeah even though they he literally stayed next door to her yeah like I mean and they made it in a house I think, in a house and Hakeem 
Hakeem lived in a house with his mom. They were, it made it seem like she was a struggling single mom. That's another thing I have an issue with because not all single moms who struggle, but you don't have to make it look that bad that he has to come to your house every damn day to eat. That he has to bum rides off of but you. But he didn't have to. That was the gag. That was the gag. Remember when Moesha thought she was doing something by talking to Mrs. Winslow, a.k.a. Oh, Mrs. Campbell, yes. when Hakeem tried to go for that map position or something like that? And Mrs. Winslow basically bust her bubble like, Hakeem don't have to do any of this. He choose to. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Because I think she was a postal worker and also she worked at the Magic Johnson Theater. Um, she probably had another job too. But she didn't, but she didn't have to belittle her dad or belittle the gift in front of Hakeem like that. I forgot all about that yeah. part. Even at all. So here's where my unpopular opinion comes in. I'm team Jeep. So <laughs> <laughs> although if I was in Moesha's spot, of course, the way I am, I would accept it, the Saturn, because it was a nice Saturn. But I understand the longing and wanting for a Jeep because that's been one of my dream cars. What I will say about Moesha is, yeah, she turned down the Saturn. I love that. <laughs> even though she wasn't making any money, instead of being even more entitled and being like, Daddy, buy me a Jeep. She went and bought her her own busted down Jeep. You know, that like, broke down. That's the part that I, <laughs> that broke, that damn near y'all almost missed graduation but that that was her karmic debt for her being so damn stubborn but the fact like at least moesha was a hard worker to be like i'm going to get what i actually want with my money even though i'm not making a lot i'm going to get what i want that's the I positive like that i can look at like with that perspective my whole life when i hear people talk about this episode i feel like they're just they don't see it that way as well. They're just like, she's ungrateful. If I still I see it age, that way. Yeah. Me, I'm like, yeah, she's ungrateful, but at least she didn't go really hard in the paint. You know, force her daddy to buy her a Jeep. She was like, yeah. I'm going to work for this. I think that I look at it the more of it, the way that you treat people while you're doing things. And the way that she treated him was just not, was, was unacceptable. You remember that time when she like outed Hakeem's cousin? And then at the end of the episode, she wasn't even apologetic about it. She was just like, well, you need to live in your truth or something along those lines. Yes. How the hell did I forget about that? There's some people who probably never watched Moesha a day in their life. And they're like, wow, this just seems so cool to watch. Watch that shit and tell us what you think. She was just getting over her. Well, she was trying to get over her breakup with Q, right? And Hakeem cousin, Omar, I don't know if he came into town or if he transferred to Crenshaw. I don't know. But I remember everybody in the family, Moesha's family, thought that he was about to be a Hakeem 2.0. Like, eating their food, air quote, being a bum. But he was very respectful. He was none of that, you know? So Moesha ends up going on a date with him. And on that date, one of Omar friends pop up named Tracy. Now, Tracy was obviously gay. Tracy was living in her truth. You know, she was like, hey, you know, paid Moesha dust. And Moesha's sitting there like, they looking like they know each other, know each other. So what did she do with this information? Did she ask Omar or, you know, like, did she see? And mind you, let me also reiterate that they stay in L.A. They stay in Crenshaw. Okay. So instead of coming to Omar with this information, she goes to her gossiping as best friends, which is also normal around this time, you know? So she calls up Nisi and Kim and she's like, girl, I think Omar is gay. 
Kim and Nisi are both known as the school of gossips. So by the time they get back to school, everybody and their mom is talking about how Omar is gay. And I remember when they got back to Hakeem, who was Omar's cousin and Moesha's best friend, he's like, he's pressing Moesha. That's a serious accusation. Like, why would you go and say something like this? And once again, I'm going to reiterate, they stay in LA. When you think about that climate and it being the 90s, Omar could have literally got his ass beat. Or worse than that, he could have been murdered when you really think about it. And I, I think Omar basically ended up, you know, coming to Hakeem and basically saying like, yeah, it is true. But Hakeem, she could have lost that friendship with Hakeem. Oh, it wasn't her place to out anybody. Yeah. Instead of her just being apologetic about it, she literally was just like, well, you should live in your truth. Yeah. I was like, what, Moesha? You are ruthless. <laughs> ruthless? Living in truth? They should have lived in the truth and realized that Dorian was not for the show. <laughs> Sorry. <Girl. laughs> but, <and> now, <laughs> but no, that episode, I, I do remember that episode with Omar. I remember watching it then and being like, nah, this ain't okay. Yeah. But speaking of episode watching like as a child and knowing it wasn't okay was when that whole teacher in her situation right before she turned 18. Yes. I the, hate this with any, any sitcom, show, any show. I hate when they try to romanticize these fucking teachers. It pisses me off. That's Pretty not okay. Girl. It's not okay. It's not and that's the guy who was on Grey's Anatomy and also on the sitcom Eve. I never know his name, but I know this man when I see him and I always catch an attitude. <laughs> it's like, I know who you are. Exactly. Oh my God. Like that just literally made me so uncomfortable. I want to talk yeah. about um, treating people poorly, right? Um, okay. I forgot mm-hmm. her name. D. Oh yeah. The stepmom D. I don't know if I'm seeing this as that I got older or older woman or whatever, but I don't like the way D was treated at the beginning. I hate it. Oh yeah. I remember that when I was young though. I don't I remember, remember it at all. D. Me too. Yeah. I remember yeah. being like, D's always overstepping her boundaries. <laughs> like <laughs> let Moisha do what she wants to do. I mean, and stuff like that. But the way that she was treated, well, I'm like, damn, she was treated like trash from not only from the kids that just didn't have like a sense of, re- they had no respect for her, but respect for her at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was really weird. Certain situations was kind of like, you're not my real mama, but then it was like, oh, please help me. <laughs> I've missed. Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, because kids don't know what they want, you know, and I can see yeah. even look, and I don't want to make it as a blanket statement, but there's a lot of times that as kids, we thought we knew what we wanted and we didn't know what was good for us at the time. And I think that she was using some of her wisdom in order to like steer Moesha the right way. Whereas um, Mr. Mitchell could not see it certain ways because of a, he's a man, you know? Um, and also she worked at the school that they went to. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, she knows a little bit more than you know, Mr. Mitchell. So how about you listen to her rather than making it seem like it has to, it has to come through you first because you are their biological father. She's a stepmother. I agree with everything you said. I feel like the only time, because like I said, remember, 
I thought that D was the villain growing up. The only time I wanted to really clock Moesha was that episode when they were cleaning out maybe the attic or something. They was having a garage sale and mm-hmm. D was getting rid of her birth mom's things, her belongings, and Moesha snapped. Now pause. You already know we lost our biological mom too. So I used to like sympathize with it. Mm-hmm. I understand where, where she was coming from until she started getting really disrespectful. I'm like, girl, why won't you just articulate? And this is me probably like seven or eight. I'm like, why won't you just talk to her and let her know that this is why you feel this type of way? As opposed to throwing a temper tantrum, disrespecting her. It's like, Moesha, you could have just said, hey, this is my mom's stuff. Don't touch it. Like, don't get rid of it. I'm atta- like, I lost yeah. my mom. As opposed to just going in the way she did and just being a meanie. But, but that also I also understand. <laughs> I know, right? I do too. Like, but that also goes into, and this is the next point of view. It goes into Frank not bringing her in properly, and this is me with anyone. So I am a, I'm considered, I am a single mom, right? And if I introduce anyone to my daughter, I know that there's a proper way because I know that that's, I know my daughter. I know a proper way to introduce her to them. You know what I mean? He just kind of mm-hmm. just like. Threw it on him. Think about the first episode where they had a, a horrible oh, layout yeah. of the house. Because he was horrible for that. I why see. would he put why would he put D in that situation where she could be hated by his kids and won't be like, we're gonna live forever? You know, like this is gonna be you're my wife. We're now gonna do this. Now we're gonna live forever. Because no one lives forever. But the true villain of this show is her ball headed ass daddy Frank Mitchell. I felt like we just really went all in on Moesha, right? And now I'm about to tell you how I redact all those statements because she isn't the true villain of this show. He is all those things that I listed that was Moesha flaws. He is those times too because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And he made her this way. At the end of the day, Moesha was a teenager. And like I said, I was a child. I was a preteen when this show came out. I experienced a lot of the things that, Moesha experience not the boy crazy stuff but what I can say is it's like that's a part of growing our growing pains it was a coming into age show all of that was expected and it was realistic but for Frank Mitchell to be this damn demon and Shirley Ralph let me talk about her really fast because I was watching her on song I think it was her on song and she was saying how she felt like Moesha she knew Moesha was going downhill once they announced that Frank was Dorian's biological father. So Dorian was played by Ray J, Brandy's brother in real life. And he came in during the season that Moesha was going to college. I Mm -hmm. guess they wanted to bring somebody fresh and new in. So they brought in Ray J. And he was a runaway from Oakland. So Frank Mitchell was supposed to be his uncle. Later on in the season, come to find out, Frank had an affair on his first wife and was a deadbeat father and was wasn't raising his son but had us thinking that that was his nephew it was just dumb it made no sense so she felt like the show went downhill from then but i have to tell you mrs shirley ralph frank was always not shit it wasn't him being a dolcher mm-hmm. he didn't respect you he didn't set up boundaries for his kids to respect you like you said earlier he was a slut shamer he constantly belittled Moesha he constantly projected onto her when Moesha literally even though we listed all these things she was a good ass kid she was she went to school on time she got straight A's she was able to balance extracurricular activities and a job and he was always trying to set her up to fail like remember when she got that job as a manager 
Mm-hmm. And he was yeah. like so pressed on her failing so she could come crawling back to him. He was wow. toxic as hell. He was a misogynist. Oh my gosh. And he never kept the same energy with his boys, with Miles and Dorian. All these seasons, he literally is breathing down Moesha's neck, projecting onto her. Meanwhile, Miles is smoking weed. When they find the weed, they're like, this has to be Moesha. Moesha, yes. Like, she's like, daddy, no, it's not. No, it's not. And I think she had just... Before this, she probably had, um, she was living with Andale, and she had just came mm-hmm. back home, and they turned yeah. over a new leaf. She's like, daddy, this isn't mine. He's like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So finally, Miles come out and be like, it's mine. They were thinking that Miles was lying about that. So a positive is they were positive about therapy. I love that episode and how Dee was like, you know, I see a therapist. It's, it's nothing wrong with that. Trying to break through that stereotype of like Black people going Don't to do therapy. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, Me too. But yeah, he never kept the same energy with his boys. Like, even with Dorian, Dorian damn near got away with murder. Like, yeah, you sent him over to yes. the ROTC boot camp, but Moesha wasn't able to do any of that stuff. Any of that stuff. So a lot of the traits, like I said, that Moesha had, she got it from her classes as ignorant as daddy. Controlling. He, it's a difference between being a, a protective parent, overprotect. He was literally controlling. He, he was, was trying to shape her into a woman that like, how you can even live up to these standards. You cheated on your wife and didn't even tell her. Like you had a whole ass son and had him in a family as your nephew. I'm passionate about this. I'm literally like, yeah, he's the villain. The things he wanted to put his foot down when it came to Moesha, he should have been putting his foot down when it came to the disrespect of his wife from both of his kids. And even him, he used to disrespect her. Yes. And just sly little um, jokes. Those jokes were not funny. (laughs) He's not funny. You're so mad. (laughs) I'm so mad. You remember when, like I said, Moesha was boy crazy. And when she started dating Q, she was kind of going, you know, down, down in the earlier round. But you know, she started skipping school to be with Q. She just wanted to live in his skin. So when he found Q, like, in her room or her bed or whatever, he was, like, jaw dropped. Like, are you serious? And instead of, you know, sitting her down, talking to her. Because, you know, the more you try to keep somebody away from something, they're going to want to go together. Yes. He ends up taking her out of Crenshaw High her senior year. Senior year. Do you guys hear me? Do you know how dangerous that is he takes her out of Crenshaw high sends her over to the private school i think it was like bridgewood academy Mm -hmm. where usher was (laughs) just to send her back because he found out moesha gonna be a hot potato wherever she wanna be because remember when they went to that pajama jam party yeah coming down the stairs and coming down the stairs with usher aka jeremy and he's like yo I thought I was taking you out of Crenshaw because you was being, as he would say, a hoochie mama. And you still being a hoochie mama with these white folks. Like, (laughs) what the heck? So he slut-shamed her again. Even though she didn't do anything, they were literally just talking. And side note, I did not like her crochet braids during that time. I'm like, you need to go back to the individuals because I did not like that. But anyway, so... um. Once they got, like, on the same page, he eventually sent her back to Crenshaw. But I'm like, you really disrupting her senior year like this? Because you, you just an ancient ass person. But even as a parent, like you, he couldn't sit her down and talk to her, right? He just was like, you know what? I know what's best for you. And I know what's best for you. And I'm going to do what I want to do. And this is 
I am a parent. So I can, I, I feel like there's a lot of times that I want to just take over, but you have mm-hmm. the, the person, like your kids are still human beings. They have feelings. They have wants, they have needs. And by you just taking them out of school, just abruptly, doesn't make any sense because it's your ego is what you want to do. You didn't think like exactly. big thing, like how this is going to have, how is it going to affect her school? How is this going to affect her? And another thing is also saying that um, when I'm upset with you, I'll switch everything around. When I'm upset with you, I will, I will disrupt your peace. I will disrupt everything. Like if Q is the issue, how about you guys work on the communication and say, hey, I don't want you to be with this guy or just work on the communications between you and her and lay down rules. You know what I mean? Even but if it's wasn't a, even like, a bad person. That was him being judgmental. Wasn't. No boy should be in your room at all. Oh, absolutely. That's what I yeah. mean. But he was basically judging Q. Baggy jeans. By his cover when it came to Q. Yeah, his bald Q head, fine. his New York slang. He had a nose ring, but, didn't he? Um, oh, he's mm-mm. sexy. But yeah, so that's that on that. Um, before we go, I do want to put it out in the universe that versus would do cpq versus freestyle unity i know that kim parker is in both groups she'll have to go from side to side but i definitely need that versus wait what was a cpq in freestyle unity i know freestyle unity i don't remember for cpq cpq is campbell parker and q Oh, remember, and then Nisi was the dancer, and the song go in around we go, and, and around, around we go, and around around we go, and around we go, and around we go. The only time I thinking of that, I'm like, dang, the only time I think Moesha was a good friend is when Leanne Rhymes she did that, wrote that letter yes. for Kim to meet Leanne Rhymes, yeah. But that's that on that. Yeah, so that was our rant on our favorite Black nostalgia sitcom, Moesha. <laughs> okay. I love you, Takima. All right. I love you too, homie. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to That's Not On Brand, the podcast. Be a homie and keep in touch by following us at That's Not On Brand on all platforms. Thank you.